Hi, this is Steve Ampson. Welcome to this episode of People with Purpose. I oversee all diversity and outreach programs at Orion Talent. I'm really excited to be joined by Kristen Bruner, who's the CHRO of WL Gore, and Natalie Crawford, who is the global leader of diversity at WL Gore as well. Gore & Associates is a high-tech company that develops and manufactures, among other products, advanced synthetic fabrics used for aerospace, clothing, medical, automotive, chemical, electronic, and other applications. In this episode, we'll speak to how Gore has built a sponsorship program to attract and retain diverse talent. To frame this call in April 2022, we'll be launching a new brand of higher purpose, and our commitment to our candidates is to help them find companies with purpose and they can bring their whole selves to work. It's really exciting. And on the employer side, our commitment is to brand them as inclusive cultures and committing to drive more diverse talent to their jobs. And I'm really over the moon to, to say that WL Gore is one of our launch partners. On this call, we'll focus around how Gore has built what's called a sponsorship slash mentorship program for their associates and employees and how that has helped with the attraction of diverse talent and retention. I think it's really special and I'm really excited to dive in and share the success you've had with your audience. So let's start with the call. Um, Natalie and Kristen, maybe we start with you guys both telling me about your incredible careers, about yourselves, um, your roles, and just uh, just get to know you more. Um, Natalie, you want to start? Sure, sure. Yeah, thank you. So um, first of all, Steve, happy to be here. Um, thanks for the invite. Um, so Natalie Crawford, um, I actually... My time at Gore has been 11 years, so my Gore career has been 11 years, um, and I'm currently the leader of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, in my 11 years at Gore, I've held multiple roles, everything from individual contributor roles to team leader roles, um, and now in the global DE&I role. Um, the background that I have prior to Gore and actually have utilized at Gore is actually as a veterinarian, specifically a veterinary pathologist, and so I'm a technology person, science person, um, love math and all those things. Um, but I use those things actually um, in my role day to day and actually have spent a lot of time with um, a lot of our technical associates um, in the space of sponsoring. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but that's just a little bit about me. I know we'll get into more later as we talk about like our drive to inclusion and so on, but I'll pass it over to Kristen and let her do a, a brief introduction as well. Thanks, Natalie and Steve. Thanks for having both of us. I have been with Gore not a very long time, just since October of last year. And really one of the reasons I came to this company was because of the innovative things and the caring things like sponsorship. You can't go through a, a master's or an MBA course without reading some sort of case study about the unique culture that is Gore and how it's been cherished and nurtured over gosh, you know, the last 60 plus years since it's been uh, founded. I came from uh, an aerospace and defense company that I just, I got to live multiple lifetimes and, and do multiple things inside of that great organization. But I was drawn really to this organization um, because of its unique purpose together improving life. And the role I have right now is as the enterprise HR leader, one of um, the many things I get to do is work with Natalie on a day-to-day -day basis as we continue to look at what it means to create an inclusive sponsorship, uh, inclusive culture that deals with things and creates things like sponsorship 
so that all employees, and I loved your opening, right, can bring their very best self to work every single day. So I know we've got lots of questions. I think um, can't wait to get started. Great. Awesome. No, you guys have been, I've got to know you all and um, really good people down to earth and in a great culture. Um, for the audience, do you mind just sharing what Gore does in its simplest form just to kind of educate the audience? The, the yeah, ab absolutely. And Kristen, always feel free to jump in. So uh, GORE is based off of material sciences. So um, we actually have um, an actual material that was uh, created by our co-founders, um, Fun, um, that we use in products that range from everything from uh, medical devices to uh, fabrics and, and outerwear and those type of things. And so we use that material in many different ways to create innovations into various industries. And so um, Gore has multiple customers and multiple businesses that they actually work in, but all really kind of coming back to that base material um, that we're using to actually utilize for many different solutions. Great, thank you. So one of the things we're trying to do at Higher Purpose as we bring in new clients is, is really focus around um, purpose, meaning I believe, especially with post-college grads or diverse talent, people don't wanna just come in and do a job, right? They wanna have more, more meaning or connection to their job or their company or what their company is trying to do. And if companies do that right, that, that will help with attrition, that will help with profits. And I always think that um, purpose falls hand in hand with inclusion. If you know you're doing something important at work, you're creating meaning, you can be yourself, um, then you're going to stay longer. Um, do you guys all agree with that general? Absolutely. So yeah. as, we, as we build our beautiful partnership, it's all about us sharing those great stories of, of, of why your, your company is making a difference. Um, so advice to other HR and D&I leaders, knowing that you agree with that, how, how, do you, how do you keep that culture kind of brewing in either engaging with employees or, um, and we'll, we'll jump to the sponsorship in a bit, but just other engagement ways of knowing that the work these people does on a daily basis matters, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. And, and I'll jump in and, um, and start. And I think one of the things for me that drew me to Gore um, at the beginning was the concept of belief in the individual. Um, and so at the end of the day, regardless of what we're doing, it's all about the individual, right? It's the, it's the person behind the work. Um, and so that belief in an individual has been one thing that has been true to me. Um, and it really goes back to just believing that every person has um, a purpose, right? And yep. every person has needs, right? And then looking at all of that to understand how putting that together is going to help us make money and have fun, right? And so how do you think of how the person is able to interact on a day-to-day -day basis with their, their teammates, their leaders, right? To be able to make and innovate in whatever role they have, right? Into the company and contribute. So belief in the individual is a big one for me. Um, another part of it is understanding that people are also flawed, right? We all make mistakes. And part of those making mistakes is actually part of what we want. We want people to feel comfortable enough to make a mistake and know that that mistake is just a learning that helps you get to the next step. Um, and so for me, that's, I think, what people could think of, right, is believing in the business and everything we do is really about the people at the end of the day. And how do we make sure the people have what they need so they can then 
do the job that we're asking them to do to be able to, again, make money, have fun, make the products, all of that. So that, okay. I guess, advice that I would give. Uh, and before you, before you move on, um, yeah, people are flawed, you know, it's, and to me, as I get older and spiritual and is those are opportunities to make your yourself better. Right. So instead of a culture where you, that's, that's a bad thing. It's actually, you're celebrating that you can get better and you can learn here and you can advance. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, what about you, Kristen? Yeah, Natalie, I loved your response. What I what I really enjoyed about my time and my onboarding is not just what uh, Natalie mentioned, but this power of small teams. I think one of the elements that I have been so intrigued by is the ability of a group of people, diverse people to get together and create um, and pull through new ideas and innovate new uses for our products, new products um, altogether the way that we do our R&D, it's, it's pretty amazing how much opportunity smart people, passionate people get to decide or try whether, you know, a new application could work. I think that's a real, um, it's creating those spaces to bring yep. diversity alive. Yep. That is what will propel it certainly forward. So yep. for me, I think it's about weaving it into the way that the company does its work versus additive or some separate activity. And I think that's one of the secret sauces here at Gore. Yeah, and no, I, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, as we bring on more companies, not everyone wants to work at a company with 100,000 people. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it's, it's with a smaller organization and smaller is relative, right? But the fact that you get to work with a smaller group, you, you ultimately are going to learn more. I also firmly believe in that if you have, if you have five different people with five different views and five different viewpoints, you're going to get more ideas out of that meeting. It's just, it's just no matter what they are. Right. And that's simply, that's why diversity is so important to business because you're going to, represent all ideas and pull out the best ideas out of that. So that's wonderful. Um, awesome. So then as we, you know, as you know, we're, we're kind of um, bringing you to the market through the higher purpose platform and, and promoting your, your culture to our candidates. Um, and one of the things that, that came out during their, your awesome branding team and you guys is this notion of, of sponsorship. And, and before I kind of jump in, I have I haven't I've heard about things like this. It's been more about larger courses. What I really like about this is the personalization and setting people up for success. So I thought it was worth diving in deeper into how it started, what you've learned, what what's been good, what's been bad. And and then maybe, you know, the whole spirit of this is sharing with our audience, um, both on the candidates, why this is great, but also obviously with other HR leaders. So the first thing is, how did it come about? The idea of sponsorships there, if, if you guys know the, the backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I'll give a, a little bit of history. So um, one of our co-founders, Bill Gore, actually, he and his wife, Eve, thought that the sponsorship concept was an important one. Um, there We have leaders. And we have sponsors, right? And so knowing that we need people that are leading people and making sure people are following through on their commitments, but we need sponsors, which um, he considered like a buddy system, uh, meaning that each associate had a person that was in their corner, um, advocating for them, supporting them, coaching them, mentoring them, right? Whatever 
that associate would need. But that was an important part of making sure each person felt like, again, that they were an individual and that we cared for them, right? And that we valued them. Um, and so it goes it goes way back to early on in the founding of the company and that that was an important aspect of making sure that we had the culture that was needed and the culture that could live out what it was intended to, right? Belief in the individual, all in the same boat, all of those things that make it a great culture. Um, and so that's the history. I don't know that um, I have the specific, like what happened that made them put a buddy system in place, right? But I think the concept, right? They knew that that concept of having that personal relationship um, built on trust is an important one. And that by having that, that you could get so much more out of people. So um, yeah. yeah, so that's what I know about it. <laughs> what, what I'm hearing in its simplest form, it was, it was a, a vision of the, the founder that is part of the culture or whatever. He probably didn't know it would be called this thing, right? What, what, do, you, what do you, you know, have any, any thoughts on your side, Kristen, kind of how this, I know you're new to the organization, but from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I'm new, but I, the, one of the most amazing things is as someone who's new, you get a starting sponsor. You come into the organization with a sponsor, so you don't have to go find one. Yeah. As part of our hiring process, it, it's just like any other sort of key element that's identified. The, the role of a key sponsor is is part of how we select in terms of we can't move forward unless a starting sponsor is identified. To me, what's really the most amazing is this is a formal commitment to help somebody succeed. That's what this role is. It, there is no other um, yardstick for it. There is yeah. no other um, accountability or outcome or KPI. So many things that we do are measured. This is really about connecting the associate, whether it's a new associate or a tenured associate, continuing to connect them to the enterprise in a way that's meaningful for them. Yeah, I also like on the sponsor side, it's, it, it makes, once again, it goes more more purpose at work and these things to help attrition. Like for me personally, as I get older, it's I try to help people in the organizations, especially younger people that don't have as much experience, but I naturally just kind of do that organically, right? And I, I think it's, um, once again, I think people want meaning and purpose at work, and that's that's how they can do it. But it's just more structured, um, and they have more resources, right, mm -hmm. versus doing right. it on Tuesday night after work or a Friday night after work. They're actually getting, so I, I think it's wonderful. Um, do you have any real examples of success and maybe how it ties into diversity? So, for instance, two people that are not alike, not alike, not 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 alike, but two different complete backgrounds that came together and learned from each other. If you don't, it's okay. But just examples of of sponsorship in general and and how it's how it's helped, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I can think of my own. I just give my example um, if that helps. Um, so I actually started with. I had the same starting sponsor, right, uh, for actually 10 years, right? So that's not typical, right? Typically, you'll have a sponsor for starting sponsor for some period of time, six to 12 months. Um, and then you decide that you want to move on to, to someone else. My starting sponsor happened to be someone that I very much connected with. Um, 
she was a female as well. Um, and she would had technical background. And so I actually found as I was connecting with her, we came from very different backgrounds, but we connected on the technical aspects of the work. We connected on having very similar purposes around um, how we treated people, what our intentions were with people, um, those type of things. And so what I found was by staying with her and connecting with her, I was able to learn from her that, you know, she was in an individual contributor role. She moved into a business leader role. She moved into other roles. And so I got a chance to see and learn from her um, some of the challenges she went through and some of the things that she actually was able to navigate. And so that's why I ended up staying with her so long as a sponsor. I think the other piece and one thing that was really touching to me that, you know, in that 10-year relationship, probably like nine years in, she just came to me one day and said, you know, we've never really had a conversation about, you know, you being a Black woman and me being a white woman. And I realize now that by not having that conversation, I was potentially eliminating a part of you and not getting to know that part of you and allowing you to be your complete self, right? And it opened up a whole new, another side of our relationship and it built more trust with us, right? And just having her say that, that I realized that just as much as I was learning in, from her and she was supporting me, that I was supporting her, right? And I was giving back to her. And so it felt really good to know that over that time, it wasn't just her giving to me, that she was getting from me as well. And I think that's a true um, measure of a good sponsoring relationship is that it is, it is a commute, like it's a communal relationship. It's not one person just giving everything, right? Yeah. It's both people giving and getting. And so for me, that's you asked for an example. That's the example I think of in that we came from different backgrounds, came together, had a very similar path at Gore and learned so much from each other and now connect, you know, we're really great friends now, right? I consider her a really great friend, even though she's not my sponsor anymore. So that's the, that's the most, tangible, close to me example that I can think of, Steve, that's been super valuable. It's a real deal. Yeah. <laughs> you have any thoughts there, Kristen? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so with my starting sponsor, it's what I appreciate, and I don't have the tenure, obviously, that Natalie has, but what I do appreciate is it is a very, it's a private relationship. Yeah. Um, and you can really say or ask anything. I mean, that's the nature of it is it, it is outside of a leadership accountability chain. It is really intended to help you decode, um, understand, express frustration, ask for clarification in just such an authentic and real way that is unlike any other opportunity I've really ever seen in, in, in any sort of role that I've ever had, besides maybe some sort of formal outside coaching, right? It's safe. Yeah. It's um, organic, you know, you don't really come with sort of this list of, I need to, you know, get your thoughts or approval on these five things. It's just a discussion that moves organically, that is, it, hel it helps you. And in my case, right, it helps me sort of decode the language, yeah. helps me sort of really navigate in, in a new, in a very different culture than, than where I came from. So from yeah. that perspective and, and a diversity perspective, it's helping me quickly see through and understand when I hear X, what does it mean and how do I how do I show up effectively? Yeah, because every company has its own language. Oh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've learned. They all none of them are bad. They just <laughs> they all they all speak in their acronyms and they move at different speeds and <laughs> some are slower, some are too fast. Some yeah. 
Um, another thing, and it's worth saying, is what I, what I really liked, and this might have been um, Kelly, this editor, <clears throat> is the spirit of, of, of the sponsor is that you don't have to do what you do now, right? So that means that um, you may be in this job right now, but what, what do you want to do and how do I help you get there? And to me, that's what's special and that's what people are seeking. And that's what I think is, is I call it the, 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 the gap with employers sometimes they're not they're just looking at them uh, doing their jobs right not investing in what what the person gets um, gets excited about or what they could do so I really like pulling that out because I think that's uh that's exceptional and that's that's a great employer there um, so would you give any advice on to HR leaders or DNI leaders like how to stand something like this up is it is it hard is it and maybe that's a whole nother session but if <laughs> i mean it's probably a little different because it's already been embedded in your culture but like if you had to say okay you should you should try to do this next year how how would they go about doing something like this yeah yeah so i keep going first kristen are you okay if i yeah, go course. first okay perfect um so obviously i didn't stand it up right but i i think um i think the piece that's super important, again, is actually, in one way, just understanding and listening to what is it that your associates or employees need. Um, and I think in the case of if, a, if an associate or employee, if they're saying they want development, right, yep. um, then you might want to set up a development program, right? I think everyone wants to feel valued, right? Yep. And I think to me, that's where the sponsoring piece comes in. Um, it's making people feel like they have the support that's needed to get done what's needed, right? And that's everything from, you know, what you need to get your job done, really, right? All the way to how do I need to support you? And you think about the pandemic and so on in the last um, two years. Um, what do you need to make sure that you're able to bring yourself to work? What do you need to leave before you come in? You know, those type of things. Just like Kristen said, that is, it's a very private relationship, right? And so creating that, um, it just means you need to find associates or employees that actually want to and have a purpose around helping others. That's really at the base of it, right? Um, because the people that are sponsors, not everyone is a sponsor, right? So not everyone is asked to even be a sponsor. You kind yeah. of say, I want to be a sponsor. I really want to help others. And that's how you do it. And so in another organization, you'd have the same, right? Do you have a group of people that want to help others? Um, and I don't doubt you have a group of employees or associates that say, I would love a buddy. You know, who doesn't want a buddy? And yeah. so I think it's, setting that expectation that it is a together relationship. It's a commitment you're making to another person, but you're not at, you're not trying to follow that person's performance. You're really trying to develop a relationship with someone. Right. And so that's really what it's about. And just that's, that's the biggest thing I think setting it up. And I think to Kristen's point, um, the accountability piece is between the two of you, the accountability between you and another person, um, which is an important aspect of it as well. So that's just, thinking of like what works or what you should listen to, I think that actually is where I would start. Um, Kristen, what do you think? Yeah, so the advice I would give, and I'll just play off of Natalie's um, input, is really about valuing the role of the sponsor inside of an organization. Oftentimes, there are people who play this role because as Natalie mentioned, it's just their spirit. Yeah. It's the way they view the world. It's right through a lens of being supportive or helpful. But one of the things that's so special about this enterprise is this is a formal part. We call it a commitment. 
this is a formal commitment and there is value associated with it around followership and around generating not just economic value for the enterprise, but also social purpose value that we believe is equally important. So as we talk about associates and what they contribute through our performance management process, you'll often hear this part of somebody's contribution discussed, how many people they sponsor and, and, and how well they do it. It's really the way that we not only keep our purpose and keep the great cultural attributes that we have alive, but it's the way we bring forward, it's the way we expand it with sort of more and more diverse sponsors. Yep. And it's the way that we'll grow and scale to the enterprise that that we endeavor to be. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of uh, social enterprises, right? Companies are there to make money, but they're also, we're here on the earth to, to try to do good, right? Right. <laughs> You know, and when you bring those two together, that's that's wonderful. Um, great, because I want to make sure we're, we're we're doing awesome, and you, this is this is really terrific. Um, uh, do, do you guys try to? Well, it sounds like you do tie this into um, you know attrition as an attrition strategy, or is it just organically part of that? If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's organically part of it, but I know. Um... I know one thing we always talk about, you know, is thinking of associates wanting to be having someone that advocates for them. And, yep. and you know, that is a part of being a sponsor, right? So um, I think we know that people stay at companies where they feel valued, they feel like they have a chance to develop, right? Which includes having someone potentially that can advocate for you, right? Someone that's in your corner that's supporting you. Um, and so though it is not specifically tied into, I would say, a strategy it's organic it's part of what we do it's how it's how can we use it to emphasize it right and how can we make sure that all of our sponsors have the tools needed right to themselves make sure that they're helping to create that inclusive environment so um i would say it's part of our strategy but it's been part of it right it's not yeah. anything new but it, it can be that we're adding more emphasis to remind people that that part of connecting to people making sure someone feels supported is a huge part of retention. And so we can just emphasize it more as people ask, you know, you know, how, how can we help in this area? How can we make sure that we are making sure people feel valued? It's our sponsoring program that we can definitely, definitely advertise, leverage all of that. Yep. Yep. Do you have any thoughts there, Kristen? Well, uh, Natalie, I mean, you're killing it. You don't, <laughs> you don't need me. I would just say um, one of the best things about, Gore, which I didn't realize before I came here, I sort of understood it, but I didn't really, is how much of our history has been codified through writings and videos of our mm -hmm. founders. And so one of the great things that we have is the ability to pull on some thoughts, so, um, for instance, and, and rethink them, right? Rethink them in the current age, and, and that's a practice that we use a lot. So everything Natalie said, and, right, this helps us, again, pull through the history into a, a future forward, view of what did it mean, what does it mean today, and what does it mean to mean going forward so that we can identify and attract, hire, retain, develop, motivate the best associates. And, and, and you're right, keep them here. Yep, yep. And keep them happy and doing great things on right. top of that. Keep them right. innovating, keep them keep having them fun innovate. and making money. That's right. Yeah, yeah no, it's very simple. Um, awesome. So I, um, so I think that's great. I'm really glad we came up with that as a topic because I think it's special and unique 
in mm-hmm. Ryan should explore doing it. So this was worthwhile, this podcast topic. <laughs> so <laughs> glad we, I'm glad we came up with it, Krista. Um, I, what I try to do at all these is I, I is like, a, try to keep them to, to 25 minutes. Um, B, just a, a last couple of questions. One is toward the for you toward the audience. So if you were to give diverse talent, graduating college advice on finding a career with purpose, that they can be their true self as they're graduating, what, what would be your three couple of advice points for, for people graduating looking for great jobs? And it doesn't have to be tactical, right? Mm-hmm. But just look at all the experience that you've been through, like, you know, what, any advice for them as we're promoting these employers, helping them? Yeah. So I don't, I don't mind starting and I'll, I'll try to think of a few, right. And I, you keep mentioning getting older, Steven, my mind is going back to gosh, thinking back to like when I was graduating from college and what I wish I knew then. Right. Um, one thing I think has always stuck out to me, um, and I didn't know the word inclusion so much way right. back in the day was inclusion, right. So finding that sense of belonging and finding that sense of how, where I belong. And I think back to when I went to college, right? I looked at and was looking for a group of people that I could connect to when I was there, right? I would say that same concept that we take when we come out of college, when we're finding a new job is trying to find uh, what connects with you from that organization, right? When you're looking at organization, when you're meeting people, um, asking the right questions, you know, those type of things. And so for me, I mentioned it before, one of the big things, I mean, I went to school near, near Gore but all I really knew about Gore was the Gore store at the time, right? Because we sold jackets and so on. But when I really dug in and came back to work for Gore, I really was so impressed with the values, right? The belief in the individual and the fact that as an individual, I can come in and be me. And I, again, like I said, I can make mistakes, right? And I can find my way and these small teams create different projects. I can find my place there. That really is what stood out to me. And so I would say, for anyone, just make sure it's something that you can connect to, right? And when you do join that organization, hold them to it, right? Like asking them questions about, you know, I came here because of this. This is what I'm really interested in. And I want to use that because that's my passion and purpose. And how can I continue to use that to advance your organization? So I would just say, make sure you do your research. Um, uh, Things like higher purpose, giving us the opportunity to actually share with um, people that are looking for a new role, what we all are, what we're all about, right? We have pictures of associates on there, their stories, looking at those types of things, I think are really important to understand if you feel like you have a, a place, right? Or you can belong at an organization. Yep. How about you, Kristen? Oh, it's a great, I mean, it really is a great question. Um, I think, so everything Natalie said, I completely agree with. And I think it's also be open, right? At the beginning of your career, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah. And I think um, you've got to try to find find a place that you feel good about, but one that also is going to stretch you and make you grow and and create those opportunities for you. But be willing to try something and do something that maybe, you know, isn't, what you thought it would that uh, you know a role or commitment as we say that maybe doesn't sound as exciting initially i know i had a lot of those in my history or you know additional projects i was asked to take on that i initially thought like well 
I don't know. This doesn't really move me, but I learned a lot and um, at least got to see a different facet of the company I was working for. So as much as it's, you know, be focused and and have that purpose, but also be open, open up your own aperture and be willing to listen and be curious and learn. Yeah, that's great advice. well, this was awesome. Um, I think I've told you guys before, your your team is wonderful. You have a great culture. We're really excited about our future. Um, probably last question, any advice for, you know, HR people or DNI leaders just about um, anything you're doing special or any any general parting thoughts? Sadly. Parting, yeah, no, parting thoughts. Um, I would say again, back to pay attention to your associates and employees, right? What are they saying? What are they asking for? Making sure that you're giving them space to um, express, right, what it is and that they feel like you're listening. I think that's an important part of it. Um, You know, that genuine, just being genuine with people goes a long way, right? And I think one thing within DE&I that I always try to tell people is there's nothing different about any different person, right? It's about people want to be treated as a human, right? Like we're all human. So how would you want to be treated? then take that next step, right? And so some of it is just understanding that every person has something that they need, right? And really trying to understand if someone is doing this, don't just assume it's out of bad intention. What might be that they're missing? What are they missing out on, right? So really getting to know people and understanding people um, is a huge part of DEI, but just in general, right? Making sure that you are setting up an environment where people want to come to work every day, they want to work for you, they want to engage, um, is a huge part of what I think every organization should be doing, right? It is about the people at the end of the day. We can't get anything done if we don't have people. So um, I think that's a huge part to just remember as we're going through changes and all kinds of things, what do the people need? Yeah. How about you, Kristen? Yeah, you know, I think my advice, um, (laughs) I know my advice, and it's not really advice. I think it's just sort of, um, I don't know what it is, but pick a couple things and do it really well. Don't pick a lot of things to try to demonstrate momentum, right? I think that, and we talk about this all the time here is we can do anything, but we can't do everything. So where do you naturally see pull from the business that you partner with? Where might there be interest be capitalize on that, you know, lean into that momentum and get, you know, create quick wins, create the plan, partner with the business, hand it over to them. This is not an HR initiative. These are business strategies that deliver palpable outcomes and and results operationally and financially. So I think it's really about, you know, finding those things that can make a difference inside the business for your business. Don't just read something and then apply it, but really think critically about it. Natalie and I are just very lucky that we, you know, work for an organization where this is woven into the fabric of how the enterprise actually operates and functions. So um, if you don't find yourself lucky enough to be in an enterprise like that, you know, find the one or two things that will make an initial difference. Do those incredibly well and then figure out what the next one or two things are and, and just keep moving forward. That's great advice. Um, well, this was uh, this was awesome. Once again, um, you guys have an incredible culture and I'm, I'm glad that we're able to get on the line and talk about the great work you're doing and um, excited for the year and thanks for the time, okay? 
Thank you, Steve. This was great. Yeah. Well, talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of People with Purpose. Thanks so much for our guests. And don't forget to subscribe to future episodes of People with Purpose at OrionTalent.com. Until next time, take care. Bye.